Are stars in the sky disappearing? Why are human and animal sleep patterns disrupted? There is a type of pollution out there that isn't always talked about, and that is light pollution. In this episode, I will be sharing with you how I plan a student podcasting lesson all about light pollution and how we figure that out through the engineering design process. In this lesson, students will explore what light pollution actually is, what the effects are, and what are possible solutions while sharing all this information in their small mini podcast. With their podcast, they are taking on the role as a citizen scientist, and it is a really cool way for students to share their learning and also learn a medium that they might not have heard about before or have even tried before. So I'm so excited to share this lesson with you in this episode, so let's jump on in. Welcome to the Elementary STEM Coach Podcast, a show that'll help you with lesson ideas, systems, and actionable tips to apply to your classroom. I am your host, Naomi Meredith, a former classroom teacher turned current STEM teacher and coach. With over a decade of experience teaching and a master's degree in STEM leadership, I am here to coach you throughout the year to help you gain back more time to create innovative experiences for your students. Grab your earbuds and let's get started. I never really thought of before teaching students how to podcast. It didn't really ever come up in my mind, but I will say this is one of my most favorite lessons that I have taught to my students, especially since I, obviously you're listening, I have my own podcast. And so it's really cool to share with students what a podcast is and how they can create one and share their information with others. Now, with this lesson, I did it with fifth grade, but don't tune me out if you don't fifth grade. You can definitely adjust for the students that you teach and see how this can work best for you. Now, with other lessons, I do teach my students how to record videos and edit videos. So that's something that they learn with me over the years. But I really wanted to teach students the other side of things with podcasting. Not all students are comfortable being on camera. I do record my podcast with videos simultaneously. I know not all people do that. And that is the joy of podcasting where you really don't have to be on camera. And so this is great for students who have a lot to share, but they are more camera shy and that's okay. Some of them even have great narration voice, and this is a great experience for students to be exposed to. When I introduce this to my students, I even compare it to YouTube. A lot of them aspire to be on YouTube one day, and it's another way that is growing that their voices can be heard, but also just have those opportunities in the future. So it's really cool once we get going with this unit that students really start to grasp the concept of podcasting and how it can be a beneficial way to share information with others. There are a lot of standards that I use to connect this lesson, and I specifically picked light pollution because like I said in the intro, this is a type of pollution that isn't often talked about. I found out about light pollution, to be honest, when I was getting my master's in STEM leadership. And sure, I probably have heard of it, but I never really thought about it before. But the more that I was researching about it for a project, I knew that this is something that my students needed to know about. So not only are they learning about podcasting, 
but they are learning about a type of pollution that is a problem, well, light pollution. And this correlates with the standards for the fifth grade NGSS standard ESS1-2, and it talks about the patterns of daily changes in the length of shadows, day and night, and there's that part where it's the seasonal appearance of some stars in the night sky. So I really focused on that section when it says the stars in the night sky, where because of light pollution, it really changes of how we can actually see the stars in the sky. As I was researching for this topic for students and pulling resources for them, there are some places in the United States that are protected where if you travel to these locations, they are absolutely stunning and absolutely beautiful. It is like major diamonds glowing in the sky. I think there are some places in Colorado where I live, and so that would be really cool to check out these places where light pollution they really try to not have. So we talked about the NGSS standard that is correlated with this lesson. When it comes to the Common Core State Standards for ELA, when students are reading informational text, that is a big standard that they will be hitting. So like I said, I pulled different resources for them that they will research through that are vetted. They are legit resources. So students aren't really doing a random Google search. I don't have a whole lot of time for that piece. And so when I pre-research things and share those links with students, I know that they're going to be able to find the information that they need. They still have to read, but it's all set up for them right there. Of course, there are those writing standards where students are producing their work digitally. So yes, through the podcast, it's being produced digitally, but also when they are note-taking and again, accessing those resources. Podcasting also really applies to those speaking and listening standards. And there are those standards that talk about producing a digital piece and being able to share that information clearly. So a podcast is a really, really great way for students to be thoughtful about what they are saying instead of standing in front of the class, reading off of a note card, they're bored, everybody else is bored. The podcast forces the students to listen back to what they are actually saying and being mindful of that. And it's really cute too, when you do a podcast project like this or any type of recording, the students are actually kind of hard on themselves. It's very interesting when they're creating things with their hands. I feel like I really have to push them to make modifications, but when it comes to video and podcasting, they are so critical of how they sound and how they do things that they want to try it again. So it's a really great self-reflection tool. For the math standards, this really connects to the mathematical practice where it talks about constructing viable arguments and critiquing the reasoning of others. So they are gathering that information and being critical of what they are reading and then trying to figure out a way to produce it where it makes sense. And then also when they're collaborating in a group, they are also having that critiquing and reasoning of others of how they should actually plan out their show, which we'll talk about in a second. There also goes along with that standard when in fifth grade, students actually have to think about the timing of their podcast. So when it comes to the actual editing and the time that it takes, also when they're adding elements of different sounds and really thinking about how long the sound is, 
they are thinking about the decimals and how that is correlated with time because there are all of those seconds they have to be mindful of. And if, especially if they are taking pieces out of their podcast, they are thinking about the time and how long it takes for them to speak and apart, what time that they're taking out of that. Are they including all the information that they need? So that telling time when it connects to decimals, there is a lot of math involved with that. So you might be wondering what platform do they actually use when they create their podcast? How can you make this happen? I have heard of some teachers using a platform called Anchor, um, like the ship Anchor, but I would definitely be mindful of that and the age of your students. I looked it up and Anchor is geared towards students who are 13 and older. So yes, Anchor is very easy to use, but at the time of this recording, their target audience is not elementary school. So I actually would not recommend using that platform. Alternatives to this, you can do quite a few things. So these aren't the only things that you can use, but these are three that I think that definitely can work and I have experience with. I used WeVideo, so W-E-V-I-D-E-O, and it has video in its name, but it actually gives students the chance to actually just record audio. And it's a very visual platform where there are different layers of things. They could add in the stock sounds that are there. So if they want to have a little bit of an intro music, they can do it all in that platform. WeVideo has also had some really awesome updates. So in this past year that I did the podcasting, there also is a classroom tab where you can assign assignments a lot like Google Classroom. You can create groups. Students can collaborate within that group, and it's all web-based. So you're not tied to one specific device. It just makes things a lot easier. Even though I have a Mac, I actually have been using WeVideo recently to do a lot of video editing because of that cloud-based feature. It doesn't really slow down your device. Now, if you have Macs available and maybe even iPads, you could do the same thing in iMovie so students can do the narration part. I don't think iMovie is really that complicated for students. I just feel like the way that we video set up, it is a little bit more visual than iMovie, but iMovie is pretty easy too once you get the hang of it. I also think that on the iPads, a tablet or phone, it's a little bit more simple. So you can definitely use that feature and students can take things and cut them out. Now, if you're really on a budget, I would actually recommend using Seesaw. So Seesaw has a recording feature. I think they can record up to 10 minutes and students aren't going to need 10 minutes. Trust me, they only record maybe one to three minutes for their podcast, five on the longer side. They're short and that's okay. I tell them that they actually want them to have short podcasts. But you can actually have students record in Seesaw where they open up a project or you send them an activity. Maybe they have one simple picture, like that could be their podcast cover art, and that could be part of the project. And then when they hit the microphone, they can record what they want to say and then click pause, regroup, and then unpause and keep recording. The limitation to this is that they can't really edit. So if they mess up, it is what it is. But Again, you have that audio piece. It's a safe website for kids. So if you're really on a budget, you can definitely try that out. Of course, if you don't have any of this stuff, you could have them read it out loud and pretend that they did record it. But just having that element of that technology, T for technology and STEM, it really does make a difference if they actually can record. And then it has that natural, like I said, that natural piece of them modifying their work. 
after students were researching about light pollution, I had some guiding questions for them. They did have a note catching sheet that had these specific questions I wanted them to understand that would go into their podcast. I gave students a script template. This is really important, especially when students are new to creating audio and video. They don't really know the structure of how it should be laid out. Now, when I am recording this podcast, I'm not really reading a script. I have notes on the side, but I'm not really reading word for word. I just check out my notes and just start talking to you. But I'm not in fifth grade, so they actually need a little bit more support. So I give them a structured outline, and it has all the guiding questions I want them to include in their podcast. Whatever order that they want to is totally fine, but it all has to be there. And then there's also a part on the side where they actually assign the parts to the different group members. Now, before we even get into that recording or even writing the script, we actually listen to different examples of podcasts so they can kind of understand the different styles. I do share with them actually a little bit of my podcast, and then it's kind of fun because they have a little bit more respect for me, and they're like, oh my gosh, you have a podcast? I'm like, yes, people, I do. So it's actually kind of fun for them to hear my voice in that way. So we listen to a little bit of that. And then I also share with them different kid podcasts and just the different styles. Is it an interview style? Is it a host, a single host who's sharing information? Is it a kid interviewing somebody else? Are the two hosts talking to each other? So we listen to those different styles so then they can figure out the style of podcast that they want. That's really up to them. I just want them to answer the questions, but then they can be really creative with that. So they have that background about light pollution. They understand the background of what a podcast is. And then the writing the script part actually takes a while for them. Just like this podcast that you're listening to, all the work before the podcast and after takes the longest. The recording is the easy part. And I tell the kids that the recording, they get done in pretty much one class time. So writing out the script, making sure that it makes sense takes the longest part. And I also want to make sure that their wording is accurate. This is a really great writing activity as well, because it's really thinking about how they can be engaging in their writing, especially having a hook. So I told them, you might want to have some little stories. You can make it up. Nobody knows your life. Just make it up and see if it makes sense. Like, did you know? Like, (laughs) for example, I was telling kids that when I was on vacation, I was with all my girlfriends. We were in Florida. And when we were walking through the town, all the lights went off. But then there were red lights and it was a little bit scary. And as the STEM teacher in me, I'm like, oh my gosh, I actually know why the lights are red. And so I asked my friends, do you know why the lights are red? And they said, no, I'm like, well, it's to actually help the sea turtles because the lights in here, the sea are actually distracting and they can't usually find their way out. It's just actually a big problem for the sea turtles. And so the red lights don't trigger where they need to go. So I I told the story way better to the kids, but I was telling them something like that would be really good in a podcast because you have that story element and that can really grab your listeners' attention. So I was really trying to have them have that style, not just stating the facts like here was light pollution, here what it is, but really having some fun with this. And they really took off with it and it was so cute. When it came to the recording, you can have microphones. There are some that I recommend that are really small. Um, You can have USB microphones. You don't even have to. It's just a benefit, and they feel so professional when they have the microphones. 
Also, I use those big fabric Ikea cubes, those big giant ones that are square. What we do is we put the script inside of the box. They're holding the microphone, but then outside of the box, the microphone is connected to the device that is recording. So what's really nice about this is that their head is in this little sound booth. It looks super funny but it actually helps block out the sound around them. And I know that that can be really hard when you are in a classroom and thinking about the situation with sound. This helps a whole ton. I also try to spread out students the best I can. So some might be in the hallways. It's also not perfect. In a school, I tell them your audio isn't going to be absolutely perfect. A school is loud, even in the hallways. That's just how it goes. So we do the best we can spread out the best we can and go from there. When it comes to the modifications, the kids will, of course, go through, listen to what they have, but I also give them a checklist of certain things that they need to listen for. I also don't expect it to be perfect, but there are just like those must-haves that they really need to focus on. Like, are they speaking clearly? Are they not talking too fast? Did they include everything that was from the checklist from their research? So very specific things that, again, are tied to those standards that I talked about in the beginning. There are very specific things from that. And if I wanted to grade them, then the checklist is reflective of a rubric that are, again, aligned with the standards. What's really fun when students create a digital piece is that you don't have to sit there in front of the whole class and listen to all these podcasts. At the end, I show students how they actually can grab their podcast, download it, and of course, add it to Seesaw. So they download that from WeVideo. I show them how it's going to process. Then I show them the process of uploading that video to Seesaw and then how they can actually tag all the group members in there, which is really great. And then I'll go through on my phone really quick, have Seesaw open, and then I will approve those. And students can go and listen to each other's work and give them feedback, which of course the feedback comes to me first. So they can't just say good job but they can talk about things that went really well for that group and things that they need to work on. So that's a really quick thing that you can do when it comes to giving feedback. I also give them the chance to reflect on their work. I always use the same question. So uh, what went well for you? What was a challenge? And then if we were to do this project again, what would you try again and do differently? So this is a really fun project and the kids get really excited about it. Also, my in my fifth grade class, they do something called Genius Hour, which is a thing, a whole other thing. That would be actually really fun to talk about on the podcast. I haven't done a Genius Hour in STEM, but I know that's something that you could do, especially if you're integrating STEM and GT. So I'll write that down because I think that would be really good. But anyway, some of the kids after this lesson for their Genius Hour and other projects, they went and created a podcast to share their work. So completely different topic. So I know for this project, it was very guided where I gave them the topic that I wanted them to learn about, but then they had all that creativity within the project, learn the structure of a podcast so then they can take that skill and run with it for future projects. So if you are interested in getting started with this lesson with your class, I have created all the work for you, I've researched all the links, created those templates, modified it based on the way that the kids have interacted with it. So of course, I have this lesson available for you. It's all linked in the show notes. You can get grab it on its own and it's grade level bundle. You can do a 3-5 bundle or the whole year long plan for K-5. through But this is just a really great lesson to get kids excited about podcasting and really provide them the structure so that they can be successful. 
Also, when it comes to lesson planning, you guys have asked and I have definitely answered when it comes to your planning for third, fourth, fifth, and you can even include sixth. So my virtual STEM planning workshop for upper elementary students is open and you will learn how to plan two integrated lessons that are standards-based from scratch that has high engagement and resources that will support your project. And if you are able to attend live, we are going to collaborate together and create something that you can take away. So you definitely don't have to be there live. It will be recorded. And I'm also adding in a private podcast link so you can listen to the audio on the go. So if you are here listening to the podcast, obviously you like podcasts. And so that will be available to you just like the K through two STEM planning workshop. The recording is already there. And then there also is that podcast link as well. So you can always do that option. The live is super fun. So we get a chat together and collaborate, but totally understand. I know you're busy, but think about how two hours of your life can actually change the way that you plan for the rest of the year. So you're getting the inside access and get to hang out with me and increase your planning. So there are so many options out there for you. I am here for you, and I am so glad that you have asked about this workshop, and I'm able to provide that for you. So make sure to check out the link in the show notes where you can get that information, get all signed up so we can hang out and help with your virtual planning. So thank you so much again for being here. I hope that you try podcasting with your students, and let me know how it goes. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Elementary STEM Coach Podcast. I would love to connect with you over on Instagram at Naomi Meredith underscore or send me an email to elementarystemcoachpodcast at gmail.com. Also, make sure to check out my website, naomimeredith.com to see all the show notes from today's episode and shop my K-5 STEM resources. Any questions you have, needs for resources, or ideas for episodes, get in touch. I'll talk to you soon.